Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. All right. Great angle. I was going to actually ask you to widen out. I just want you guys to take a look that we got all this stuff here. And the title, like Steve said, was Making Room. And I'm getting cluttered here up on stage. Um, so, the first sermon of 2022. And this is how we're going to launch our year. It's going to start it out. No pressure. This is how we're just going to set the trajectory for the rest of the year, I guess. Um, so what should we be talking about? COVID? Nope. Um, I think we've had enough of that. Adeline says Christmas. That was last week. Um, what about, uh, New Year's? Year's? Yeah. We can talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, like, I mean, it does fit with my sermon title. So maybe New Year's? Can we talk about New Year's resolutions? Like, you know, making room in these clothes because they're a little tighter now. You know, uh, making some of those resolutions, New Year, new body, got to, you know, get that out there. Or maybe we can talk about making room because Christmas is over and we've got to make some room because we've got new stuff. We've got to declutter a little bit. Does this make me happy? No, throw it out. Okay. Um, well, nah. I think we've all overdone those talks. We've heard them from time to time. And um, I don't think we need to do that anymore. What I was really, really looking at was, what is God getting you ready for? What is he making room for you to do? Last week, we talked about Luke and how he was our fact checker. And how um, the Christmas story happened in a real place, space, and time. Um, how this was all true. And how we know it to be true because Luke was meticulous. Uh, he was all about the details. Whether it was historical, whether it was cultural happenings, uh, place names, people's names, um, positions, or geography. Luke was, uh, took the time to record it. He was our fact checker. Um, he was meticulous. He had a purpose and a point, and he pointed us towards the truth. So if you have made space for that truth in your life, are you ready for what God is making room for you to do? So let's, uh, let's open one more time in prayer, and we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, um, before we dive into your word that uh, you've given, Father, um, we ask that you prepare our hearts. Uh, allow us to hear the word that you've given me, Father, and um, I pray that uh, the people at home are, are making room right now, Father, um, making room in their hearts. Um, Father, allow... Um, their hearts to be spoken to, Father. Allow your word to just minister to them and allow them to uh, feel your presence in their lives right now, Father. And I pray uh, as they feel your presence, 
they listen to your leading. And Father, we just thank you for uh, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, as I was praying and, and preparing for this message, I, I really feel that um, the Lord was, was really leading me in a way. Um, and it's kind of interesting that uh, Steve even touched on some points, and I don't think he's read my message. I haven't sent it to him. so. Uh, but he was touching on some points this, after, or this morning uh, as he was uh, doing the announcements, and I was like, Come on, leave me some, some material. Uh, but uh, I really think that this is just the word that God has for us this season. And that's making room for him and being ready to move. Um, but uh, next week, we're going to be kicking off a 12-week series. And I believe, Josh, you're kicking that one off. Uh, and it's called Get It Together. And, uh, but today we had nothing. So it was kind of like, get that relief pitcher in there, warm me up, coach, put me in, I'm ready to play. We had nobody slated, no topic, and I said, you know, we're in a team meeting, I said, what, what do you want me to speak on? They're like, I don't know. It's like, okay, do we have anything? Nope, figure it out. I was like, uh, okay. So I really felt God was pushing me towards this topic. In my studies and in my prayers, I was going across um, a passage from Leviticus. And in Leviticus uh, chapter 26, verse 10, I don't know how many of you come across Leviticus too often, but um, it goes like this. You shall eat old storage long kept, and you shall clear out the old to make way for the new. Um, But I like how the NIV says it. And it says, you shall still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out and make room for the new. This isn't like a a new year, new you kind of passage. So don't twist that one up. It's it's not a, a resolution type passage. I really felt the Lord was uh, leading in this and, and still wanting us, because we still are focusing on some of these past comforts um, where we're still, or we're still sitting in some of the old trash that we used to have and we're not wanting to move out of it. We find comfort in it. And... Um, we're afraid of what God is ready to do in our lives. We are afraid of what God might be calling us to do. Call us to bigger things. Maybe calling us out of our PJs and off the couches and doing something. Um, I know we're talking about in the current climate and everything that we're in that we're not allowed to be doing a whole bunch of things, but um, there's, a, there's a phrase that I've been using and it's looking at these obstacles and turning them into opportunities. How can we remove ourselves from our couches and out of our PJs and out of our comfort zones and actually do something? How many of you have received a phone call from Vance 
a guy who's sitting on his couch just calling. Keith raised his hand. Just Vance calling out. Steve raises his hand. And I'm sure if you, you can say it in the comments section, I've received a call from Vance because he's calling and doing something. He's making an opportunity out of these obstacles. I'm not allowed to go out. I don't have the body I used to. I'm not as able as I used to, but I can still call and encourage people. So looking at these things, and where is God actually getting ready to move you? We are so complacent in our comforts, we are starting to believe the lies of the enemy. Because we're, we're complacent in this season. Well, we can't do anything. So I'm just going to sit here and wait. And we're going to wait for normal to come back. Can I be honest with some of you in the room and even some of you online? We've been in this for two years. Normal is not coming back. What are you going to do? Where is God calling you? Normal is not going to come back. We need to look at some of these obstacles and turn them into opportunities. We need to make room for the new. Last week was all about Christmas. We talked about uh, Christmas on the 24th, obviously, and on the 26th. We were talking about Luke and his story and, and the Christmas story. And we think about making room, and, and you can really use uh, Joseph and Mary in that making room analogy. I mean, there was no room in the inn. You had to make room for them there. Uh, Mary definitely made room for Jesus. Uh, Mums can all uh, attest to that. Um, but Joseph, what about Joseph? Think about that for a second. Joseph needed to make a choice. Joseph had every right to divorce Mary um, because he was betrothed, like Mary was betrothed to him, meaning that they were promised to one another, but they've yet to be officially married. And she shows up with a baby in her belly. But he decided not to put her to shame, but he did decide, I, I, gotta, I gotta do what is right and I'm gonna have to divorce you. Uh, but he had every right to divorce her, put her to shame, follow through with the old laws. But in Matthew, it says this, verse 18, uh, chapter one. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph um, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph had a choice. He decided this was an obstacle too big for him to overcome. This was an obstacle too big for him to overcome under his own power. And it put him out of his comfort zone. As a result, Mary was labeled an adulterer. 
So she was labeled. Let's call this pile here labeled. So we're going to make some trash piles in our life. That, that one we'll call it labeled or labels. She was labeled an adulterer. Mary was only promised to Joseph and they're yet to be officially married. So how many times have we um, allowed labels to dictate our direction? I mean, God has a plan for us. But we tend to come up with the excuses like, like I'm, uh, I'm not that guy. God, no, you don't, you don't know what I did last summer or you don't know what I did last week. I'm, I'm not qualified for that, God. I can't do that. I'm labeling myself. I've labeled myself many times. Uh, God, I, I didn't go to Bible school. I, I didn't do this. Um, I shouldn't be up here speaking. You don't know. You know, I, I don't think I should be able to do this. I didn't go to a school that prepared me for this, so I should not be doing this. It's, it's kind of it's iffy. So I've predetermined my label and what I'm able to do. Mary was labeled an, an adulterer, but God had other plans. Just like God has other plans in our lives. And an angel came to Joseph in a dream and told him not to be afraid. To take Mary into his home because Ma uh, the child Mary was carrying was not conceived with another man, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph had a choice to make, to be obedient to God and make room for Jesus or rest in his own comfort. Rest in the laws. That would have been totally justified. But God was calling him to something different. Instead, he made room for what God was going to do in their lives. They knew it wasn't going to be easy, but they planned to be obedient to God. It must have taken a lot of faith to set aside everything you know that was right and raise a child that wasn't your own. God used Mary and Joseph to help usher in this new covenant to usher in Jesus into this world. Jesus came into this world so that we would know that Christ really did come in to set us free from our sins. Jesus was born into our family to make him a part of his family. That he really did live that perfect life and died the sacrificial, substitutionary life on the cross, death on the cross. Jesus' death tore the veil, shook the earth, cracked the rocks, and set us free. And ushered in a relationship with God. 
That happened because Joseph didn't hide behind a label and made room for God in his life. It would be easy to hold on to the past because it worked. He, jo- Joseph would have had so much less issues if he would have just held on to the past and said, no, I'm, I'm done. Sometimes holding on to the past is just way too easy. We're going to call this one, we're going to call this one the past. That, that pile, I'm going to move this over here. We're going to call this pile the past, right there. Most of us have heard the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why would you bother fixing it? Um, The old can be comfortable. Like, who likes to learn new things? I know I do. But sometimes I can catch myself saying, what was wrong with the way things used to be? I'm at that age now, guys. What was wrong with the way things used to be? I know I catch myself in a discussion every time uh, they update our, our Office 365, so like our, our email and our Word. I get, get in a discussion with Steve, and he's like, why did they update the email again? I was just getting used to it. Why did they need to change things? We tend to hold on to the past and in the old way of doing things far too long. Um, and, and we tend to hold on to our youth like it was something, th- something to bestow, like it was amazing. I know I'm old enough to know that as a kid I was pretty stupid and ignorant, and I've learned a lot of things in this time. And uh, I'm also young enough to know that I don't want to go back to my youth. Um, And I've gained a lot of wisdom, but it's only a fraction of what I'm going to grow into. I mean, I haven't raised a teenager yet, so I'm kind of in that sweet spot right now, I think. I know stuff, but I don't know everything I need to know yet, and I don't think I'll ever know everything I need to know yet until, you know, I get on to heaven, but I'm, I'm still learning some stuff. And I'm still young enough to learn, and I'm not stubborn about learning either. (laughs) Um, I think I might have just aged myself a little bit too. But I I, I get into conversations with with the likes of of Keith and Peggy. And um, I didn't tell them that I was going to say these things, but they love me enough to forgive me later. Um... I get into a conversation and back when, you know, if I was just 20 years younger, if I was just 30 years younger, I could be doing this. I can be doing that. I could be out here with the youth. I could be over here teaching this thing and I could be doing this. I could be doing that. But I appreciate the stage they're in now. And I want to learn from them because they're at an age now that, yeah, they might not be able to, to keep up with an Adeline at five and running around with her. Um, but I'm at the stage now that I can, but I want to sit under their tree and learn. 
I wouldn't want to go back and chase the past. But holding on to the past was something that the Jews were trying to do. There was comfort in their old. In the gospel accounts, Jesus primarily ministered to the Jews. But um, when it came to the apostles expanding Jesus' ministry, they ran into walls of tradition. And in the book of Acts, the apostles were trying to both reach the Jews and the Gentiles and establish the church. And you see uh, Peter in a place called Joppa in Acts chapter 10, where Peter had a vision. And in verse 11, it says, he saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Peter is fighting with God at this point. God, no, no, I I don't do those things. That's not me. But don't miss the issue here. Rise up and do something he was taught not to do his whole life. This made no sense to Peter. It would have violated all of his Jewish laws of food and preparation to eat and the cleanliness that came with it. We just totally erased that. So let's continue to verse 15 and see what it says. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. Verse 15 is key. God was overturning the old, unclean distinction and dietary laws in general with all the ceremonial, other ceremonial laws of the Mosaic Covenant in that one verse. God was turning things on its head and it was up to Peter to make room for that. Because what God was trying to do was open up the doors for all people to come into fellowship with God. Because back then, Jews weren't allowed to associate with the Gentiles or eat with the Gentiles, sit with the Gentiles. So how are you supposed to usher in to the four corners of the earth when you can't sit with most of the population? Because nothing like this was going to get in the way of the apostles reaching the four corners of the earth and having fellowship with the Gentiles. Next, you see Peter rising up and meeting and eating with Cornelius, a Gentile in Caesarea. In Acts chapter 11, you see Peter defending his actions to the other Jews. The Jews were trying to protect the past. They were trying to protect their past. 
There was a tension of Peter knowing what he needed to do, going to all the nations and going to the ends of the earth. But what looked new also looked very scary. Sometimes when you're trying to protect the past, what is new looks like a threat. Sometimes God can be giving us exactly what we want, but the tension to produce the growth is uncomfortable. The pro- so we decide to walk in the opposite direction. We decide to take what God has given us and say, no, I don't want that. I'm moving in another direction. This is too hard, God. I need another direction. Can you give me another direction? God did something amazing through Peter in the book of Acts. God led Peter. Peter heard his direction and made room for God to lead. Peter was in a place called Joppa. Can anyone else tell me what happened in Joppa? Something happened in Joppa. Jonah. Jonah happened in Joppa. So, Jonah was told by God to get up and go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. Go and preach my word. But what did Jonah do? What did he do? Did did someone say he tucked tail and ran? Yeah, he tucked tail and ran. Where did he go? He went to Tarshish. He, He boarded a ship in Joppa to go to Tarshish. So let's read that verse. In verse three in the book of Jonah, it says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. We see, we see two directions here. We have Peter, who was in Joppa, doing great work for God. Peter was healing, raising the dead, having the the Holy Spirit come upon the Gentiles, letting them hear the good news. And um, then we have Jonah, who did not want to go to Nineveh. So when God called Jonah, he ran away. I'm sure we can all relate to Jonah from time to time. I know back in my youth group days, um, we had a, a, a youth pastor that was, that was moving on to another church, and we had this going away party, and, and we were just all saying things that we appreciated about him, and thanking him for his ministry there, and um, I remember looking at Troy, and I said, Troy, I, I just really thank you for pouring into my life, and uh, I said, you've inspired me. And I really feel God's calling me into Bible school. That was back in high school. Um, But I had, at the time, an an unbelieving girlfriend. 
Um, and from there, I kind of fell away and, and I stopped going to youth group and I, I kind of put that aside. I put what God had for me, what God was speaking to me, aside. Um, I started working. I said, ah, this Bible school thing's not for me. Um, then I decided, oh, well, I got to actually have a career. I can't be cleaning cars all my life. And then I went to the police academy. Um, and I spent five years in policing. Still not really running away from the Lord. At that point, I've, I've kind of turned around. I, I uh, met a great friend of mine who really led me back to the Lord and, and set me right back on the path where, where God had me going. But um, I just ditched the idea altogether that, you know, well, this, this whole Bible school thing really, not for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep being, being a police officer. And... Um, that didn't work out. Policing kind of ended at that five-year time. And I started throwing tires for a friend of mine, uh, you know, cleaning all the scrap tire all over the province and worked that that for two years. And then finally, finally, turned around. It's kind of like that Jonah story. I think we all have a Jonah story in our life. Finally, I, I hear God calling me again. Like, this is what I wanted you to do. Now go and do it. And now I'm 36 years old and back in university. It's great. <laughs> but I was stubborn. I was headstrong. And, and, but God still kept his promises to me. If you're, that's one of those things. Is sometimes the direction is uncomfortable or unpopular. But discerning the will of the Father always pays off. So what are you holding on to that's keeping you from making room in your life? Is it labels? Is it the past? Is it direction? I just know that there's, there's not one place that Jesus will not go with you. If it's one of these things that are, that's holding you back, Jesus will go with you. There's not a place that he hasn't been or will not go with you. So let's just, let's just close with this. I, I, I trashed the stage. And um, I was going to use, I want to use this. It's, it seems kind of wrong, but we're going to use it. Um, sometimes your life controls your mess. You keep life in control. You can't put anything away in there. Life always seems to throw all this stuff back out. And um, our, our, our labels expose us. Our labels expose us. Um, If we are afraid to let go of the past, you can just give it to the Lord. And he takes it. Or 
we don't know where to go. We have no direction. Give it, give it to God. Let him take it. Or we've labeled it. We've labeled ourselves already. We pre-labeled everything. Can't let go of the past. We can't let go of our labels. We can't figure out a direction. Just give it all. Just give it all to God. We need to make room for Jesus. We need to clean our space and allow Jesus to have room to be the light of our world. If you want to walk in the light, you need to make room for it. We can allow Jesus to be the light of our world, to be our everything in our lives, to light up our path, to guide us, to be the life we need. We can choose to remain in the darkness and allow the things to control our life, but it's our choice. Are you ready for what God is making room for you to do? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for what he's done for us. Father, we thank you that um, he is the light of our world. Father, if we choose to accept him in our hearts, Father, all the mess and all the trash that our lives seems to accumulate, Father, that we can just lay it at your feet. You take care of it. You're able to just remove those elements from our life, Father, if we just leave it to you. Father, we, we hear these, these stories and these things from your word, Father, and, and sometimes it sounds too good to be true, but Father, we know it is to be true. What do you want us to do, God? I pray this is a year that we dive in and we hear your voice in our lives. We hear what you want us to do, Father. But Father, not only do we hear what you want us to do, God, but that we actually move in that direction. We actually are, are bold enough to do what you've asked us to do. Father, we just thank you for your direction. We thank you that you smash those labels that we've put on ourselves. And Father, please, we ask that you allow us to not only be controlled by the past, Father, we don't, we don't allow that to happen, but um, may it just be a guiding light to our, our new and our future. Don't be afraid of the things of the past to let it go if need be. But Father, we just thank you for all these things. We thank you for your son and we thank you for um, what you've done in us and what you're going to do to us in this year. Father, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name.